Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Friday afternoon edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. Talk some Iowa State hoops. Got Scott Christofferson here uh, ahead of tomorrow's big clash between Iowa State and Creighton in Omaha in the Big 12 Big East battle. Obviously, a lot of storylines in this game with Greg McDermott and his connections to Iowa State. Uh, and uh, obviously, Scott, you've got some big-time connections to uh, Coach McDermott, so... Are you excited for this one tomorrow afternoon? Or I guess tomorrow night, it's like an eight o'clock tip or something like that in Omaha. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the game. And, you know, I, I did uh, play for Mac for one year and uh, know him pretty well. I know him and TJ know each other really well and really excited to see how Iowa State responds to playing on the road in a big time environment for the first time. Yeah, for sure. And obviously Creighton always has a, a great environment at the, I think it's called the CHI center or something like that. Now that arena has changed names about 15 times, I think in the last 20 years, but um, you know, Creighton comes in They're number 63 in Ken Palm uh, right now. Ken Palm has him as a, a four point favorite. I would imagine that the line will be right there somewhere around that. Uh, I, I did see this morning as well. Iowa state is back into the bracketology conversation. Uh, Joe Lenardi had Iowa state in his, uh, his newest bracket as a seven seed playing at St. Mary's in the San Diego or in the, yeah, I think in like this in San Diego in the West region or something like that. I don't know that that part doesn't really matter, but just to see Iowa state back in the conversation is nice, but man, that game, um, the game Wednesday night was not exactly one that I think anybody up there in Ames was overly pleased about. Obviously TJ was pretty fired up after the game talking about it. Uh, what were some of your thoughts coming out of the win against Arkansas Pine Bluff? You know, even when they maybe didn't play very well, it's nice to still be able to win by 20 points like what they did. Yeah. I mean, there were some good, some bad. I think that's a tough, that's a tough bounce back as a player, quite honestly. I mean, you're coming off of two really big wins. You're out in New York city for the week. It's Thanksgiving. Um, you know, as a coach, you don't ever want to let up and, you know, you want to just come in and, and, and play as clean as possible. And, and they didn't do that. So I understand TJ, you know, being frustrated with the, their performance. And there were some things that were, you know, I would have been frustrated with as a coach as well, but, you know, as a fan and big picture, they won by 20, you're seven and zero, And and now I think in a way it probably works out better because TJ probably went in and, and rode him pretty hard the last couple of days in practice. And, and hopefully he's got these guys tuned up and, and ready to, to rock and roll for Saturday night. Yeah. That was kind of my thought when I heard, um, when I heard what the, uh, uh, what TJ said after the game, I was like, Oh boy, these guys are not going to have a very fun couple of days of practice before they've got to go and play Creighton. And I, I feel like that's bad news for, it's bad news for Creighton when you think like these guys are going to be locked in. There's no way that they would have any option, but to be absolutely positively locked in going into this game, because I, I don't think anybody was happy with the way that that game finished. Yeah. And I don't know that you want to go into your first road game in, in a big time environment, feeling too good about yourself. You know, this yeah. team, part of what, in my opinion is really, they've been the hungriest team pretty much every minute of every game. You know, they allowed up a little bit the last couple of minutes of the other night, but yeah, their, their intensity has been great. I think that's what has kind of allowed them to surprise everybody in the college basketball world. And I think if they can keep that going into Saturday night and continue to execute on the defensive end, the way that they have, um, I think there's some things offensively they need to clean up, but they're, they're going to have a good chance to go in there. And, and, and this would be an impressive, impressive win. In my opinion, um, you know, something you might look back on down the road and, and look back and say that was a that was a big time win and kind of a, a confidence boosting win for the team if they were able to pull it off. You know, that entire game on Wednesday night, it flipped when uh, 
when Arkansas Pine Bluffs coach had his team run some wind sprints out there on the floor. You ever seen anything like that? I have not. No, I, uh, the refs, you could tell I was watching and, and Brent wasn't even watching. I was calling the game with him. He was just kind of looking down and, and the refs, I think were trying to like, at first they were thinking like, are you guys running over to the Iowa state huddle or what? Like yeah. what is going on? And then when they seen them finish up, they kind of came to the half court and were like, Hey, you can't like, you can't do that. That's not, you know, very strange. I mean, I understand. I think if there was an offensive possession where Tyrese got his dunk yeah. and they, they basically just gave up on that possession and the coach was not thrilled about it, but definitely uh, a unique approach to dealing with it, man. I had, yeah. I've never seen anything like that, dude. <laughs> I, I feel bad for those. I felt bad for those kids. That's embarrassing, dude. I don't know. Like I, I get there are people like, oh, it's m- motivating them and all this stuff. I was like, I th- don't think that would be overly motivating to be forced to run sprints in front of thirteen thousand people. But I guess that's my own personal opinion. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely pushing the line of yeah. what's appropriate and what's not, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, what. I mean, what do you want to see from Iowa State in this game on on Saturday? I feel like the, you know, we know what the formula is for this team to be able yep. to to win their games, and it's, you know, like there's not much more to that. It's like they just got to deviate and come out and play. If they play their way that they need to play, especially defensively, then they're going to give themselves a chance to win, you know, regardless of, of who the opponent is. Obviously, Creighton's got some, you know, some really good personnel with uh, Ryan Nembhard one of the best point guards in, uh, in the big East, Alex O'Connell, someone that people probably will recognize just with his, uh, what he was able to do it. I want to say he was at, was he at Duke, Duke before? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was at Duke before. And then Arthur Kaluma was signed with TJ at, uh, at UNLV and then Ryan Hawkins, who's a multiple time all American at the division two level for Northwest Missouri state and has been pretty good for them so far this year. So it's like Creighton has a bunch of new pieces, but you know, with Mac, those pieces are going to be like, they're, they're probably still kind of figuring it out right now, but you know, once they figure it out, it's going to click and their offense is probably going to be just really, really tough to stop. Yeah. I think that this is going to be the biggest test for them that they've had defensively thus far. Xavier was good. I mean, Xavier ran some impressive stuff and they were disciplined and they didn't waste possessions. But, you know, when I watched, I watched them play Nebraska this morning and, you know, they do a really nice job. They, they space the floor with four shooters and they either run pick and roll at the top and play out of that or, and the, the point guard does a great job of, of, of hitting cross court passes or they'll do some sort of thing where then they get in like a four out one in and their dribble drive kind of motion or they go four out one in and they throw it into the big, who's a legit seven footer. And they've got four guys that will step in and, and shoot it and are all capable of shooting it well. So I think to your point, the, the, the recipe is the same. I think Iowa state's ball pressure is, is going to be something they haven't seen yet. Um, but they're going to be tested on their rotations. They're going to be tested in their balls, their ball, their ball, um, ball, uh, uh can't talk. Um, their ball screen, their ball screen defense is going to be tested. Their ability to stay in front of their man while still pressuring them is going to be tested because now if that guy's got to step over and help and you pitch it and you're a half step late, I think this is the first team they've played with four guys on the court that can make you pay. I think as long as Iowa state is as locked in defensively as they have been and the rotations are as crisp as they have been, I think they'll be fine, but it will be a different environment, you know, doing it on the road when you've got 15 or 20,000 people cheering against you, it'll just be a different test. And I'm really curious to see 
how their defense translates into a road environment. Typically, that defense travels, right? So Mm -hmm. I think if it does in this case, that's going to be advantage Iowa State. But it'll it'll be something to, to watch out for for sure. Yeah, Kalkbrenner, the the seven footer. I mean, he dominated Nebraska in that game when they played. Uh, and then I forgot another connection: Keyshawn Fizel, who plays, who's like a four man for them. He was committed to Iowa State for a pretty long time uh, during the the Steve Prom era. So, man, just all kinds of connections in this one. But um, that what you what did you think of that game when they played against Nebraska? I, I want to know your thoughts on this deal. Uh, Fred's team is a, is an interesting one. Yeah. So I think that what, if you watch that game, it's a great recipe for what Iowa state should not do against Creighton, particularly how Iowa state plays offense. And, you know, Fred might be like, Fred is a great offensive coach. I, I mean, I have the utmost respect for his ability to coach pace and space. And like, when you've got four or five players that can fill it, man, it's a beautiful thing. Iowa state experienced that, but you know, for this team and for what I saw to Nebraska against them taking shots, particularly contested jump shots within the first 10 seconds of this, of the shot clock is exactly what Creighton wants. And it's exactly what they're really good in transition. Mm-hmm. And when you take those shots, they're almost like turnovers because they give them an opportunity to get out and their point guard is good in transition. Their bigs run the floor. And then they got, you know, like I said, four guys that can make you pay hitting the three. So my advice would be if you watch that film and I think they should, that is a perfect example of why you don't want to play that way. And I thought they did that a little bit the other night. And if I were TJ and I would be willing to bet, he's probably addressing this in practice. That is something that this, this, that will be the kryptonite of this team. If they, settle for early contested jump shots that is going to hurt their transition defense. And it's, it's going to wear them out as the season goes on. Yeah. And that's a, that's something that in that game between Nebraska and Creighton was interesting because that it was a real issue for Nebraska early on in the game. And then they made some changes with their personnel and put a different guy in at point guard and things really, you know, obviously that game ended up being pretty competitive after, I mean, Creighton was up like 20 points or something like that in in the first 10 minutes. But, uh, you know, that has become an issue, not just for Fred's team in that thing, but like in throughout this entire year, I I watched their game the other night, they went to four overtimes with NC state, uh, right after it was at the same time as Iowa state was playing. Uh, and they went to four overtimes in Raleigh and it's just like, it's the same kind of stuff, man, but it's, it, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, man, this Nebraska team is all of the bad stuff from Iowa state's time with Fred and like none of the good things. It's all of the, it's just a lot of ISO and a lot of shooting really early and stuff like that. And you just, and and then they don't defend anybody. And it's just like, that would be really frustrating to watch. I think. Yeah. And I think it's important to note, like, you know, the heart in the heart of the Fred Hoiberg era, you had um, George Niang who, just an incredible person and an incredible leader. And so I think that he was able to take the lead on that and kind of Fred gives you a lot of freedom and as a player, that's great. But if you don't know how to manage that freedom, you like, you just pointed out to, it can lead to a lot of ugly things. And I think having a leader like George and a personality like George kind of helps him. He helped held people accountable on the court just by the way he played as a leader. And if you don't have that, 
it can turn into like my turn type of offense. Like, Oh, it's my turn for a look. Oh, it's my turn for a look. And then it just becomes very disjointed. And to your point, that's what allowed Creighton to get that 20 point lead. And then when they started making the adjustments, you know, you saw, started seeing some of the good things coming out in Fred's offense and you saw them kind of fight and, you know, fight and scrap their way back into it. But I think that's going to be actually very important in Saturday night's game. And I also think, you know, if we're talking about, all right, we're getting into big 12 and, there are seven seen in Joe Lenardi's thing. You know, if they're going to sustain this over the course of the year, they're going to have to go to Kansas and Texas and Baylor, right? And they're going to have to, you know, find ways to, you know, be competitive and find ways to, you know, steal a few of these. You can't play offense with bad shot selection for four minutes at a time or six minutes. If you go into those forward and six minute walls in those places, the game will be out of control before it's before if four minutes is enough to lose at Kansas. So that's where this team is involved so much offensively. I've actually, it's, I've been a little taken back by how much they've progressed from Kennesaw to now offensively. But now if we're going to get into the meat and the guts of this thing, those four minute stretches that they have had that they've been able to over, overcome so far, they've got to find a way to stamp those out in order to beat these upper echelon teams on the road. Cause you don't have Hilton magic there to kind of like push you up over the top of a, a bad four minute stretch absolutely man all right uh less we are less than a month away too from uh welcoming in the defending national champion baylor bears to start a big 12 play so uh it's coming up fast man obviously we'll uh have this game tomorrow and then we'll talk to you again next week there's a i, I think there's a pretty big one next week too I don't know. <laughs> yeah pretty fun rivalry yeah yeah for sure thanks scott we'll talk to you again next week all right talk to you later thanks everybody for tuning in we'll talk to you guys again soon peace